0: This week's episode of Carson Sack Podcast is brought to you by Dad's Favorites. Because Dad's customers asked for it and because Dad loves to cook, Dad's Favorites Deli was born, serving fabulous, unique, and hearty sandwiches made on the spot and featuring all of Dad's favorite cheese spreads handed to you by Dad himself. Dad's Favorite Cheese Spreads offer a wide variety of distinct flavors unlike anything else on the market, made from the finest, freshest, freshest ingredients now hit that ish and sorry i know you guys wanted to clap but everything i'm gonna say is gonna be amazing uh, oh, <laughs> how do you pay man uh if you don't write checks how do you pay these guys great cash homie mama there goes that man Hello and welcome to the 42nd edition of Carson Sack Podcast where we talk balls. It is a pleasure once again to be with you ladies and gentlemen. We are going to cover all the usual balls in this episode. We have college football season winding down. We have the NFL season and its second half picking up. The playoff races and division leaders are starting to take shape and form. We also have the mail sack. I'm going to start after this introduction, this episode off at the mail sack. I got some interesting questions from a bunch of different people. I'm going to get those answers to you right now after this introduction um i do as always need to tell you all about liking rating reviewing subscribing on itunes means a lot it helps a lot i guess um when you do do that because it gets it in front of more people's uh eyes and then in turn gets it in their ears so please do that um it means a lot so would help a lot as well so thank you all for listening to the 42nd edition episode, whatever you want to call it, of Carton Sack Podcast, where we talk balls, let's get into the mail sack. <laughs> got mail. We are going to start with ladies first. the Coco asks, James Harden or Steph in 2K? I think just like in real life, you have to go with Steph over James Harden, the better player. Obviously Steph Curry. Moving on, Cam Beck asks, how do you see the Bengals finishing if they keep Marvin Lewis? He went on to clarify that he thinks the Bengals will keep Marvin Lewis. Um, the Bengals, I 100% think, are going to keep Marvin Lewis. That organization that franchise is in love with mediocrity and that is what Marvin Lewis brings to a team big thing that is going to happen for them though is Hugh Jackson is going to come back and I can't believe I'm saying this I think he's the guy to help that offense rebuild a little bit the team the entire year has had some injuries going on AJ Green is now out until December and if they don't get back into the playoff mix they could just shut him down entirely on the year which would be worst case scenario Uh, Giovanni Bernard's been hurt Uh, Joe Mixon has also been hurt so they've had injuries throughout the entire year that has kind of plagued them they got off to a good start they really did Uh, but I think after Pittsburgh went into the jungle and won on that last second touchdown with Antonio Brown, I think that season has gone progressively downhill from there. I do think, though, that the Bengals can still find themselves in the wild-card picture. So to answer your question, Mr. Beck, I think... 9-7 um, and seven and 10-6 and six is where the Bengals will end up uh, finishing. From Michael Bigfoot Bennett, we move on. We have a question of, why do you think the Eagles aren't living up to last year's success? Injuries, lack of hustle, or something else? Mike, you hit it right on the nail. Right on the head of the nail there, whatever the saying is. You hit it. You got it all. Injuries. Without Jay Ajay, that offense and the running game, and without LeGarrette Blunt, who I know he's not injured, he's not even on the team anymore, It's with the... Lions, but that running game was something that they could lean on heavily to win games in the fourth quarter that they just can't do this year and it's costing them games it cost them the carolina game they just added golden tate he didn't do much in his first game last sunday night against dallas that's gonna come i really think golden tate is gonna be a nice addition for them uh Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement haven't done anything on the ground in place of a Jai. Josh Adams has come in and been the best back he's averaged around six yards per carry I believe if they can get a run game developed and they can get their defensive guys healthy because that pass rush and that front seven is something very dangerous um when healthy, They just lost Darby, though, to an ACL injury, which hurts their back half in the secondary a lot. He is a great player. It's, it's a lot of different things, Mike, but injuries is the biggest one for them. I do think they're going to come and still be in contention in the NFC East because that division is so god-awful, and I do not trust Washington at all. But there's a question later on that I can expand more on that. Moving on, we go to Jake Welker, who asked, how long until Eddie Grant is out of here, a.k.a. how long is he until he is fired as offensive coordinator of the University of Kentucky Wildcats? You're 17th ranked Kentucky Wildcats, I might add. Um, I don't think Kentucky loses another game, so it's going to be hard to justify firing uh, offensive coordinator of a team that is 10-3. And, and it's... <sighs> It's very easy as fans to nitpick what an offensive coordinator is doing because it's, okay, this isn't working. Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing this? Oh, we need to give him the ball. We need to give him the ball. There's things such as game flow and things like that, and no offensive coordinator is going to reinvent the wheel. There are two. You have two options on every play. You either pass the ball or you run the ball. I get it, there's different formations and different ways to get guys the ball. Um, pistol formations, um, eye formations, spread offenses. Every There's so many different types of offensive, but no one is going to come along and reinvent the wheel. And for Eddie sake, we have Benny Snell one of the best running backs in the SEC. We have receivers that are good in space, and the best way to get them the ball in space is screen passes, short passes. Terry throws a good deep ball, about 50-50. It's going to, you know what I mean, 50-50. It's a toss-up every time it throws the ball deep, it feels like. But you can't run go routes every time, or else the defense is going to adjust to that. You can't run short intermediate routes with these guys because they've shown they can't catch the ball. It's very frustrating. And then if the, the offense gets too pass-heavy, oh, why aren't we giving the ball to Benny Snell? Okay, well, you're down 17-0 to Tennessee. We can't just hand the ball off to Benny Snell when he's only getting two or three yards carry and not moving the chains and not getting first downs, and it's not going with the game flow. We can't have a eight-minute drive that's going to take up most of a quarter for seven points because we want to run the ball every time. We can't do that. And our offensive line hasn't shown Recently, in past games, that they can do that. Benny Snell, and the way he's playing, I don't put it all on Benny Snell, but hasn't shown as much effectiveness. Again, no offensive coordinator is going to reinvent how offense is done. you got two options. You either pass the ball or you run the ball. Kentucky wins the next two regular season games against Middle Tennessee and UofL, and then they win the bowl game. Ten wins. Hard to justify firing an offensive coordinator from a ten-and-three team. Joe Swigart. Ask, will Louisville's tap water bring a professional sports team? Uh, yeah. Louisville tap water is the best in the nation. That's not an opinion, that's a fact. That was voted on by scientists and many people smarter than you or me. And they proved it to be a scientific fact Louisville tap water is the best. What do players do in these games? Sweat. What is sweat? water how do you replenish sweat you drink water why wouldn't you drink the best water in the entire united states of america where do you find that louisville kentucky so yes you can talk about the money it's going to bring to the city the advertisements the tv markets all that great great love that's a big reason to get teams to come to louisville but the biggest louisville tap water thank you um. Now we move on to some more questions. Kyle Gregory asks, "Where do you see the Cowboys finishing the NFC East after the big win over Bucks Eagles?" Oh, like I said, the NFC East is a shit show of a conference right now, of a division. Excuse me. Um, Redskins are leading, but I have no faith in the Redskins at all. I think that team is going to come crashing down sooner or later. The Giants are bringing up the rear, but Odell thinks they're going to win the rest of their games and finish nine and seven, and they just might. I loved what I saw from them on offense and defense uh, this past Monday night against the 49ers. Do I really think that's going to happen? No, I would love if it did because in my prediction show for the NFL, I picked them to win the NFC East. More than likely, I think it's going to come down to the Cowboys and the Eagles, and one of those two teams is going to win. And I think the Eagles are going to make enough plays in a big game here or there, and they're going to end up winning it. Sorry, Kyle moving on we have a question from Jack Muldoon is Mike Thomas a potential hall of famer yes simple as that you can't guard Mark you can't you can't guard Mike excuse me for fudging that up but check the numbers check the stats Mike Thomas will be the first one to tell you about it but yeah Mike Thomas is a potential hall of famer question from hammy do you think the big 10 will ever realign their conference northwestern winning the west is rii instagram cut him off after that i imagine he was going to say ridiculous yeah the big 10 needs to uh, realign their conferences they used to be the leaders and the legends and they kind of put teams based on history and whatnot in those divisions and i liked how they did that but They used to have sort of powerhouses known in the Big Ten and the legends and leaders up and coming, whatever. But the fact that Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State are all in one side of the bracket, not the bracket, of the uh, division. And Wisconsin, every year should pretty much have a cakewalk to the Big Ten championship game, and they don't is ridiculous. Hats off to Northwestern, though, and Fitzgerald um, at Northwestern, the head coach there. Winning the games they need to win to get to the Big Ten Championship game, but within the future, I don't know when, but it does need to get realigned. Take Penn State and put them in the East Division or something like that. Or some One of those three teams that I mentioned out of um, what I say Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State has to get out of the West Division. Question for Ryan Moore, NBA super fan, super super smart on the NBA. Will Jimmy Butler compliment the 76ers or cause more drama slash ruin team chemistry? I don't think he's going to cause more drama. If you look at all the drama and everything that was caused in Minnesota, it was always, and he said this, and it brought a great point Jimmy Butler did. It was always sources said. No teammates or any of his ever went out of their way and talked badly about him. It was always sources are saying this and sources are saying that. I asked Ryan, how do you rank the... Big three individual players in Philadelphia. How do you rank Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, and Joel Embiid? I forget his answer, but my answer: Embiid, Butler, Simmons. Um, I think Butler is good, but I think he thinks he's better than what he actually is. And like, yeah, that's a good mentality to, mentality to have. Like, you have to be confident in your abilities and think of yourself as this good, skilled player and everything like that. So I don't fault him on that, but. <clears throat> Simmons, not a great shooter. Embiid, you know what you're going to get with him. Um, probably around 25 and 12 a night, things like that. Can't fault that at all. But I don't think that Butler compliments Simmons' game at all because Simmons likes to dish the ball off If he's when he drives. He's either going to lay it up or pass it. I know that he's not obviously going to do mid-range shots, but Jimmy Butler, not really thought of as this shooter. I think he will, at the end of games, provide scoring that is missing at times that could propel them to win a couple more games than what they might have, but I don't think this positions them to ultimately go and just win the NBA Finals. I don't think he's going to cause any drama or anything like Like that. And then the final question from Trent Revellette the question I'm most looking forward to answering is Is WWE doing the right thing by bringing back HBK, aka Mr. WrestleMania, aka the showstopper, aka Shawn Michaels? No, they are doing the complete wrong thing. Shawn Michaels um, came back, wrestled at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia, a glorified house show that the WWE network put on on to the WWE Network. Um, They probably backed the money truck up to his door and said, here you fucking go, take it all. He probably got paid north of a million dollars for the appearance. He was retired by The Undertaker eight years ago and hadn't wrestled a match since. And you've seen other wrestlers like Ric Flair and Mick Foley who have had their retirement matches. I'm air quoting right now because that's a load of shit. And they've gone to other promotions and wrestled again and tarnished what was their retirement match and the praises and all that sentimental value things that come with a retirement match. Shawn Michaels for eight years, um, kept to his word, but then WWE in the money truck, like I said, said, here you go, take it all, and he did. The fact that WWE even did the show... Um, in saudi arabia after their government knowing about the murder of the journalists and having that set up ridiculous absolutely ridiculous but that's not that's neither here nor there right now the combined age for their match there was a tag team match triple h and Shawn michaels versus canaan undertaker was like 206 years old triple h tore his peck in the match, Shawn Michaels looked terrible, Kane's a fucking mayor, for God's sakes, Undertaker is 52 years old, and has looked nothing like himself for so many years, um, yeah, WWE is doing a terrible job bringing back Shawn Michaels, and the only way it's gonna be salvaged is if he has a singles match at WrestleMania, I feel like, and there are some... Dream matches and given a one-on-one setting and about a month or two months ahead of time to prepare and get together spots and choreograph things with a talent. I imagine they'd go down to the Performance Center in Orlando where Shawn Michaels is an NXT trainer and all that, and they could put together a fabulous 20-25 minute match if Shawn wants to go that long, but right now, no. WWE did the worst thing possible by bringing Shawn Michaels out of retirement. Um, I know that was a lot um, that was long-winded about WWE. Huge WWE fan. I wish I could talk about more WWE stuff on here, but it just, that's not what this podcast is for. And I'm not going to go start a WWE podcast, so. Or should I? Let me know. Shoot shoot me a text or something. Should I start a WWE podcast? Two podcasts by Carson Garris. Wow. He's really moving up in the world. Um, thank you for sending in your listener questions I'm not going to do it every week I'll probably do it every two weeks so keep your e- eyes peeled on Snapchat Instagram in two weeks on Tuesday I'll post the link or whatever again my story again so you can ask questions and get your questions answered on the mail sack right here on Carson sack podcast now we talk about some college football matchups there are not a lot of big ones this week I'm going to run down the top 25 for you all um, talk about their games a little bit but not many marquee big matchups this week You start on Friday Boise State who coming off a big win against Fresno State last week they're now 25th in the college football playoff rankings they go to New Mexico I think Boise State wins that one the Citadel goes to Alabama. Alabama, no kidding. Idaho goes to Florida. Florida's going to win that one. Middle Tennessee goes to Kentucky. Kentucky coming off of back-to-back losses. I think on senior day, they find their footing and handle Middle Tennessee, and hopefully it's not a send-off last game in Commonwealth Stadium, a.k.a. Kroger Field, for Benny Snell. Arkansas goes to Mississippi State, I'll take Mississippi State in that one, Penn State goes to Rutgers, Penn State's going to win that one, I'm going to talk about this game a little bit more just because I'm a fan of them, but Ohio State, 10th in the country, goes to Maryland, Ohio State needs to be careful in this one, Maryland's quarterback is a dynamic playmaker, Hill through the air has 1,083 yards, 9 touchdowns, 4 interceptions, so not a lot of touchdowns put on the board by him but he can throw the ball well he's mobile as well I know Maryland their football program is kind of in a bit of limbo right now with the coach turnover and players being mad and upset about that but just be careful is all I'm saying Ohio State Northwestern goes to Minnesota Northwestern will probably win that one, but P.J. Fleck coming off a big win against Nebraska last week. Maybe something, a bit of a trap game. Northwestern could be looking ahead a little bit too much at the Big Ten Championship game. That's a game to keep. Utah at Colorado. Colorado. Colorado, I thought they had a good chance last week of beating Washington State. That didn't turn out. I think Utah goes into Colorado and gets the win there. Utah State goes to Colorado State. you remember Utah State the first week of the season, almost beat Michigan State at Michigan State. That's their only loss on the year. They sit at 9-1. I see no reason for them not to be able to handle Colorado State in this one. We're going to circle back to Syracuse and Notre Dame because that's a big game. Boston College goes to FSU. FSU is in a downward spiral. I'm going to take Boston College in this one. West Virginia, ninth in the country, goes to Oklahoma State. I think this is just a replay of what happened this past week between Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, a shootout game. I will, once again, take Oklahoma State in this one. They just have to somehow find a way to slow down Will Greer, who on the year is putting up monster numbers, 31 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Um... Only 39 yards away through the air for Will Greer. If Oklahoma State can just, like I said, find some way to slow them down a little bit, I'm going to take Oklahoma State in this one. And I think it being at Oklahoma State is huge. UMass goes to Georgia. Georgia's going to win that one. Indiana goes to Michigan. Closer game than what I think people are going to expect, but Michigan will probably win that. Oregon State to Washington. Washington. Duke to Clemson. Closer game than people are expecting, but Clemson wins that one. Rice and LSU. LSU, no kidding. Kansas goes to Oklahoma. Kyler Murray show is going to be in full effect for that one. Iowa State goes to Texas. Not much about this game, but okay, cool. Hook them. Tom Herman owning Zach Smith with the rebuttal. I'm so tired of hearing about Zach Smith. It's ridiculous. Get over it. I don't want to see you in coaching. I don't want to see you on Twitter. I don't want to see you in the news. I'm over it. Just stop. Um Arizona goes to Washington State. I used to think Arizona was going to, I thought Cleo Tate was going to be the guy, but he's just not. Um, on the year, he's only got 19 touchdown passes with six interceptions. He was a Heisman, not a dark horse, but he was definitely in the mind of a lot of people at the start of the year, and he has just underperformed ginormously. Um, Cincinnati and UCF, Desmond Ritter takes the Bearcats, into Orlando to face the Knights as much as I want to root for Cincinnati in this I just think that college game day I know college game day is going to be there it's just going to be too much and Milton is going to go off and I think UCF gets it done on Saturday night all right I told you we'd circle back to this so that's what I'm going to do you have Notre Dame and Syracuse playing in Yankee Stadium Syracuse coming off The 42 to 13 win over Florida State. Wimbush in that game 130 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. I was rooting hard for Wimbush to go off because Brian Kelly is one of few coaches in the country that is dumb enough to bench Ian Book if Wimbush were to go off. And quarterback controversy right there and hurt books confidence all this other stuff but i don't think Wimbush played well enough to dethrone uh book as the quarterback there for notre dame syracuse dunny dun excuse me dungy the quarterback for them uh 2,193 yards 14 touchdowns and five interceptions <sighs> i just don't I just don't see Notre Dame losing this one. I really don't. Syracuse can score a lot, but I just think Notre Dame's defense is good enough to slow them down, and Notre Dame's offense can score a lot too, which has not really been the case in past years, but the change to book from Wimbush has really showed up in the uh, scoring column for Notre Dame and I think either way, no matter how this game goes, whether it's a tough, close game, I think Notre Dame wins it that way, or if it's a shootout, Notre Dame gets it done. And I hate to say that because I don't want Notre Dame anywhere near the college football playoff unless Ohio State's going to play them, and I don't think that's going to happen. So, like I said, it sucks to say, but I think Notre Dame ultimately does get the win uh, Saturday at 2.30 in Notre Dame. And the jerseys! The jerseys that Notre Dame is wearing, good God, those things are ugly as hell. I don't, I'm not a purist, I don't give a shit what they really wear, but God bless, those things are ugly as hell. So, if it's a fashion show that you want, Notre Dame, you are not it. Syracuse is probably going to bring some fire with their jerseys, and Notre Dame is going to look like a bunch of fucking idiots out there with their pinstripes and their bright Kelly green tops and everything, and their gold helmets, oh my God ugh, I'm very ready to throw up right now, I'm blech, blech, I'm dry heaving at the thought of how ugly they're going to look, but the score, Notre Dame's going to win this game, just to summarize all that. Moving on, now we change gears, but we stay in the same car, we are talking about NFL, talking about the guys that get paid, or at least the ones we know about getting paid, This Thursday, November 15th, the Thursday night game is the Packers at the Seahawks. The Seahawks played a very close game last week against the Rams. They ran all over that defense. The Rams have a huge game this week that I'm going to wrap up the NFL talk on against the Chiefs. But the Packers are in a bit of danger mode, sitting at 4-4-1-1. Both of these teams need this win real bad and I think that the Seahawks are going to find a way to get it done and I think it being in Seattle, the 12th man up there is going to help them immensely and the Seahawks end up finding a way to win. If they can find any consistency on the ground between the three backs A. Penny, Chris Carson and Mike Davis, they got a real good chance of doing it because the Packers run defense is not that great. Moving on to the Sunday games, you have the Bengals going to the Ravens. Again, both of these teams need this win real bad. I'm going to take the Ravens in this one. I just think somehow they find a way. Lamar Jackson is going to get the start in this one. Maybe that just surges their entire team. Um... Bengals defense has not been good recently and having to deal with a dual threat quarterback that can uh, run obviously very well, extremely fast, extremely difficult to tackle and can throw the deep ball very, very well. And you have guys like John Brown and other guys like that on the Ravens. Bengals could be in for a long day or Lamar Jackson could come out and shit the bed. I don't think there's any in between. I don't think you're going to say, oh, Lamar Jackson, like, he had a good game, none special. I think he's either going to go off or he's going to play poorly but i'm going to take the ravens the panthers go to the lions panthers win that one i feel pretty comfortably in that one after the embarrassing loss on thursday night football against the steelers i think they come out mad and they get the w in that one a sneaky surprise game in the afc south that is going to be very important um the Titans go to the Colts. Titans coming off that big, surprising win in Nashville against the Patriots last week, where they just dominated the game, honestly, in every facet. My variable made Bill Belichick his little bit, his little b-word, his little bitch. Um, I'm gonna take the Colts in this one. I think if there were, I saw a stat somewhere that Andrew Luck and Drew Brees are the two hottest quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Um, and they are, and I think Andrew Luck is going to make enough big plays, and the Colts defense can slow down Marcus Mariota enough, and Luck will make enough big plays, and the Colts win. Cowboys and Falcons, I'm going to take the Falcons in this one, I just don't think the Cowboys have enough um, offensive firepower or anything like that to replicate what they did this past weekend, or maybe it's start of something new maybe it's the turning of a corner for this offense and this whole Cowboys team that defense looked pretty good as well who who knows but I definitely am on the other side of that and I think the Falcons coming off the loss against the Browns are going to come off again come out pissed off and beat the Cowboys Buccaneers and Giants I'm gonna take the Giants just because I want them to go 9-7 and seven and make Odell look correct and uh, have them win the rest of their games. The Texans go to the Redskins. Big matchup between six and three teams. Both of these teams, I think you have to feel a lot better about the Texans than you would the Redskins. I think the Texans win this one. They're coming off their bye. Deshaun Watson and uh, DeAndre Hopkins have been connecting all year. No reason to think things won't uh, stay the same for that. I'll take the Texans in that one. Steelers go to the Jaguars. The Steelers are one of the hottest teams in the league. Uh, The Jaguars posed a lot of problems for them last year. I can see it being closer than expected, but the Steelers coming out on top in that one. Le'Veon Bell did not report, so he will not be playing at all this year. Um Again, I've said this on this podcast before. Understand what you're doing. Understand why you're doing it. You need to be paid. I'm a bit, I am was always in your corner. You should have been paid years ago what you deserved, and you weren't. Um, James Conner is a great running back. He's putting up great numbers, doing the same things you did. It's what I haven't said and what is something to be commended. The Steelers drafting two running backs like that is insane. Like... It's hard to even get one guy as good a running back as Le'Veon Bell. And then to go and find another guy in James Conner that comes in and is putting just as good as the numbers up and have them back-to-back like that is so hard to do. So hats off to the entire uh, Steelers drafting process and what they go do and everything like that. Hats off to them, but... Now Le'Veon Bell is going to hit the free agent market at the end of the year, and teams are probably going to play pay a shitload of money because he had a whole year off, got himself healthy, wasn't getting the 400 carries that he was probably going to get and then the whole other like 60 catches he was going to get, stuff like that. So that little tangent, but to circle back to what I'm saying, I think it's a closer game than people expect, but the Steelers will probably win. The Broncos go to the Chargers. Um, I think it's about time the Chargers have a slip-up game, and I think this is it. I think the Broncos win this one in a god-awful game that do not watch at all. I'm serious. Don't do it. The Raiders go to the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Cardinals in this one. I just foresee them. Their defense is better than the Raiders, so I'm going to take the Cardinals in that one. Eagles and the Saints. Saints are the hottest team in the NFL They've won eight in a row. But I'm going to take the Eagles. I said it. I'm going to do it. It's in New Orleans. But I think Carson Wentz shows up, shows out, gets Nick Foles off his back. He says, hey, it's still my job. There's some rumblings. I've heard them. I've heard them all the way in Lexington, Kentucky. I've heard the heard the rumblings. And hey, Nick Foles, and Big Dick Nick, he's got a nine-incher. Put him in. Put him in. Take Carson Wentz out. Nick in, but that's not going to happen because Carson Wentz is going to lead the Eagles down to the Superdome in New Orleans and get a W this weekend the Vikings and the Bears in a big NFC North matchup I like the Vikings in this one I still think the Vikings are one of the best teams in the NFC I really do that defense hasn't played up to its potential at all this year Kirk Cousins is still up and down on the entire year but if they can put it together the offense that they have with Dalvin Cook Latavius Murray, Adam Thielen if Kyle Rudolph would get a head out of his ass and be, just contribute a little bit. Stephon Diggs, Laqu- La- Laquan Treadwell, he's not that bad. He's not that bad. And that defense, if they could just sort of look like what it did last year, they could be a real tough out in the NFC in the playoffs. But they got to get it together. The Bears, on the other hand, with Nagia, the head coaching has just taken over the way that offense has been called and Mitch Rich, Mitch Trubisky looks wonderful, Allen Robinson AR12 looks fantastic um, Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard are great, complimentary backs uh, Anthony Miller the receiver out of Memphis, the rookies look good, it's a fun offense to watch, that defense with Cleo Mack is ridiculous but I just think the Vikings get it done in this one now we circle to the Monday night game 9-1 versus 9-1, Chiefs are pretty much at the Rams because the field in New Mexico where the game was supposed to happen is a shithole. And the Rams are going to host the Chiefs now. Um, Booker McFarlane, who I'm not a big fan of, but he did bring up a very solid point. He said it's whoever runs the ball the best is who's going to win this game. And I agree. And I think it's going to be the Rams. Even though last week the Seahawks ran all over the Rams' defense, I think they're going to correct that. And But I do think Pat Mahomes is going to get his shit in. I think Tyreek Hill has a big game. I think this is a huge offensive game. The over-under is at like 63, the highest it's ever been in an NFL game. I'm, I'm not going to bet the over, the over. I'm not going to bet the under either. I'm not going to bet on this game at all. Stay away from it. I'm going to watch it as a fan of good football and I'll tell you what this is going to be good football but I'm going to take the Rams in this one I think Todd Gurley has a monster game on the ground and catching balls and I think he's going to be more involved in the passing game now that Cooper Cup who was arguably the number one number two him and Cooks you could go back and forth whatever um is out for the year with the torn ACL I think Todd Gurley is going to get more involved in the passing game. We're going to see that uh, getting some matchups with linebackers and coverage and things like that. They're going to be able, Sean Mavea is going to be able to exploit those matchups enough and get Gurley enough touches to where he can impact the game and put enough points on the board for the Rams to win. And I think it's just about time that all the guys they've paid, Dante Fowler, Aaron Donald, um, Ndamukong Su, those guys in the front four, about time they showed up in a big game not saying that they haven't but i mean didn't really show up against the saints now i think they need to show up in this game and be able to stop cream hunt and get some pressure on pat mahomes and i think we we'll be able to do that and the rams win what some are calling a potential super bowl preview i'm not calling it some people are but i'm not just want to clarify that One other thing I want to touch on, different sport completely, but college basketball is back. I'm a huge college basketball fan. It's probably my favorite sport there is. Um, Duke has looked incredible. Um, R.J. Barrett. Is probably the best player they have, but all the hype is on Zion Williams. ESPN is jerking him off pretty much every time that he does anything good, with good reason. He's an incredible player. He showed against Kentucky and the rest of the big three that they have with Cam Rash, RJ Barron, him. They all showed the hell out, embarrassed Kentucky. Um, Duke is really the big storyline this year so far for college basketball. I just need to literally... Throw that in and mention that right now. But Bigger games are happening this week. Uh, Michigan plays Villanova in a uh, college basketball final rematch from last year. I think Villanova gets it done in that one. Um, The Maui Invitational is the 19th, 20th, and 21st. I'm going to give a full breakdown of that. And the rankings next week in that. And I hope you all tune in. Uh, Like I said, college football is coming down the stretch. There's only three weeks left, counting the conference championship games. And, of course, this is the week the SEC decides to take their little um, bye week, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, you have fucking Alabama playing the Citadel and Georgia playing UMass. Oh, God. And Florida playing Idaho. God forbid. Um, So... Like I said, next week we're going to talk about more college football and the rankings coming down to what is going to be a huge last week in college football. We're going to talk more NFL. I'm going to review the Maui Invitational. It's probably, besides the NCAA tournament and the conference tournaments, probably my third favorite tournament there always is. I remember literally um, growing up, and I would always – I didn't remember what it was called, but – and I didn't – know why they were playing in pretty much high school gyms and everything like that but I always knew around Thanksgiving when I was at my grandparents house that they were gonna be playing in smaller gyms there was gonna be some uh coaches in Hawaiian shirts I was always gonna look forward to that and it did not fail me year after year the Maui Invitational was always there for me I love it Gonzaga's in it A bunch of other good teams are in it. I'm going to pick. I'll give you my pick right now. Let me just read off some of the names real quick about who's in it. Um, Auburn takes on Xavier in the first round. Duke goes up against San Diego State. Arizona faces Iowa State, and Gonzaga plays Illinois. Um, I'll take Auburn over Xavier, Duke over San Diego State, Iowa State over Arizona, and then Gonzaga over Illinois. And then turning that around, I'll take Duke over Auburn, and I'll take Iowa State over Gonzaga just because Gonzaga has one of their key players out. Um, And I think Duke wins it all, honestly, just because I think they're that freaking good, and it's annoying, but I just think they're going to. But like I said, I'll talk about that then. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening to the best student college student run podcast in America Carson sack podcast where we talk balls and I just want to give a big shout out um I hope they hear this I don't know if they're gonna hear this because it's at the very end I don't know if they're gonna listen all the way to the very end but whatever but shout out to the guys at center college the football players and that football team for getting an at-large bid into the division three playoff um I'm wishing y'all nothing but the best of luck it sucks that y'all have to play um Vince Karras in the second round, if y'all end up doing win. Mountain Union is a force. Shout out Vince Karras, my uncle. Yeah, no big deal. Um, but like I said, so happy for you all. Um, so happy for everything y'all have done, your career so far and everything like that. Rooting for y'all no matter what. Um, I just can't say it. Super proud, happy for y'all. Uh, roll colonels any other, whatever you all say down in Danville. That's what I'm going to say. But thank you for joining me on the 42nd edition of Carts and Sac Podcast where we talk balls. And as we always end here, we will be seeing you.